So last night, I, I, I don't even know what happened. But the Lakers blew a 15-point lead at home versus the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers, I believe, have the third worst road record in the entire NBA. They blew a 15-point lead in the first half. I believe they blew a 14-point lead in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. They were on a run to get this thing started, and it just all collapsed. Now, the big story about this was what happened in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook was benched, I believe, for the majority of the fourth quarter or three minutes of the fourth. He was he only played, he didn't play that much. They benched him. And this is what we talked about yesterday when I said that Frank Vogel needs to be gone because the decisions that needs to be made, he doesn't have the cachet, nor to me, the balls to pull him off. Shooter, what you think about Frankie V? You're saying that he shouldn't be blamed. Why not? That team is horribly put together. Like, it's just, it's bad. But we got superstars and legends and Hall of Famers, though, Shooter, on this team. And even though they are playing bad, you have to admit part of the reason why they're playing bad is because of the decision-making. Okay, so then I also say this. How many times have we seen coaches, when they're coaching a LeBron-led team, look like bad coaches? I will admit, I will admit one thing. A lot of times with LeBron playing, it seems like LeBron is the true coach versus, versus the actual head coach. But LeBron does not have a track record or history of bad decision-making. So I'm not many- putting it... I'm not putting this blame on LeBron other than you could say he can he can step it up defensively, but how can you ask him to step it up defensively when you need this man to average damn near 30 points a game in year 19? I ain't going to lie. You, see, people are – and this is not to discredit LeBron. Even though I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, right, we got to be realistic when we judging LeBron, right? Right. We we watched this man go from team to team, destroy the team, rip the draft picks away, rip the young talent away, and get the people that he want to get. And then when it goes bad, everybody gets traded, and then he leaves teams, and he leaves teams in horrible condition. We have we have to start blaming managements for teams with giving LeBron so pa- so much power. The coach can only do so much when management is walking on eggshells because you got LeBron in the arena. Hold on you one second. Space space. Hold, on, hold on one second. You talk about LeBron and, and how he affects teams when he be there, when he leave. You, I mean, this guy went to eight straight finals with three franchises, three different franchises. That's unheard of. So I would go <laughs> with what he's going, you know, with his decision-making over anything because he gets the job done. When you get to the finals, yes, that's a whole different story. I think he's four and six overall. But you got to admit, man, somebody that goes to the finals 10, 11 times in three franchises, you should be following his blueprint. No, you shouldn't. It it, it comes in. It's it's like in life, when you that when you that leader, you got to know when to look to somebody else and be like, maybe this job is best in your hands. You can't control everything. You can't. And I feel like LeBron doesn't know how to look at somebody else and say, maybe you should lead this. We've seen it time and time again. Like, Frank Vogel is not a bad coach. Not at all. He did wonders with Indiana. But again, again, 
the decision that he made benching Russell Westbrook the other night turned out to be a good decision, smart decision. But the reports are saying this morning that he just got the the keys to the driver's seat basically like a week or two ago to do what he wanted to do with Russell Westbrook. And that blows my mind because he helped bring this team a championship two years ago. He's been a Lakers coach for three years. And they're now just giving him the keys to be able to do what he wants. To me, I just think it's too late. No, but see, this is where I go to my other point where I said management. The management's with these teams. Like, and it's going to lead in the segue with the Jill and B Philly topic, right? Yes. We got to start discussing as fans and as you, as somebody who do sports media, the level of control these front offices are starting to have is absurd. Like, they are not letting people do their job. Why is that? Can you blame LeBron for that? Because LeBron, you know, with the free agency thing and being able to go to your team and kind of, and kind of, you know, make the decisions for your career more than ever, it seemed like there was a point where front office lost a little bit of control of everything. I so wouldn't see. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't see. Now I'm gonna give LeBron a little credit. I wouldn't put this on his shoulders. But what LeBron started to do in like 2010, right? Yes. This is the ripple effect of that, though. It's not exactly. LeBron's fault. It's not exactly. LeBron's fault. Because LeBron had every right to make the move that he made, whether you like it, respect it or not, right? Right. But front front offices didn't know how to take that. So now they're micromanaging and it's not a good product on the feet on the court. And we seeing this. I agree. I have to agree with that. I, I do agree with that. What do you think about Joel MB, man? He had a big time night last night. Him and Nikola Jokic, the center for the Denver Nuggets, man. One put up 49 points, I think, and the other put up 50, he had a 50 point game. Is Joel the best big man in the NBA? Nah, I wouldn't say he the best big man in the NBA because I, I feel like there's so so it's limited big men in the NBA because a lot of people play the small ball. But is he one of like top five, probably five year? Because you got him, you got um Djokovic, you got Miles Turner from the Pacers. Mm-hmm. He's so he's one of them. I wouldn't say the best big man. I probably would give Jokic the best big man in the NBA. Now, last night, Jokic had 49 points, 14 boards. He shot 64% from the field, while Embiid, he had the 50-point night. He had 12 rebounds, and he shot 74% from the field. I think Embiid, without doubt, is the best seven-foot shooter in the league outside of Kevin Durant. But look what else he brings to the table. I I don't know no one else. I, I, I'm not putting Joker over, over Joel Embiid as, as the best big man. I, I would because, like, Joker, I might be saying his last name wrong, but the way he passes and the way he navigates, yo, we we seen that a little bit in the 90s with um Sabonis and stuff yes. like that. But the way that Jokic is doing it is kind of like, and he's, he's, he's somewhat of the old school dominant big man. Even though he does shoot threes, he does shoot. But he's not afraid to go in that paint. Joel Embiid is afraid to go in that paint. Now, and that's all, the one. What about ahead. the lack of respect? What do you think about the lack of respect that Joker gets from the referees? Certain calls he does not get, and you know he's an MVP. 
do you think he's still got a lot more to prove? Nah, what more can he prove? Like, cause, cause you know, in the NBA, me growing up, and then in the, they didn't really respect foreign big men in the NBA. When Shaq was around and doing, they did not. I feel like Jokic did enough to earn respect where people say, "All right, he's somebody I have to worry about." I I I, I appreciate that, and and I agree. I agree. He has definitely put enough respect on his name um, and for foreign big men, foreign players as a whole. So I'll give him that. But he hasn't won it. I mean, he won the MVP, but I don't think he does. I didn't feel like he was deserved to win the MVP when he won it. I honestly would have gave it to Chris Paul that year. For some reason, man, Chris Paul got this narrative where people just don't give Chris Paul the respect he's supposed to get. I don't know if he's just not a, a person that people like, but come on, man. Right. Chris Paul deserves a lot more respect than what he get. And the way he turned around Phoenix, amazing. So you're going with Jokic over Embiid as the best big man? Yes. I would say that, yeah. Even if they both healthy, even if they both have the year, I'll go with both. I'll go. With, I'll go with Joker over Embiid. Joker's in the top three for the MVP race right now. Man, listen, this Demar Derozan. People got to put some respect on Demar Derozan. A- absolutely, but the Lakers got to. The, the, not the Lakers. The Bulls got to go somewhere. I know the. MVP, these awards are regular season awards, but I'm not putting that much mustard on DeMar and them boys, man, until they actually do something significant in the playoffs. They are looking good now. I'll admit that. But they, they kind of dealing with um a little injury bug right now because don't um Lonzo got like a torn meniscus or something? I, I was seeing lot, it on Leafs report. A, a lot of teams are. That's my thing. A lot of teams are banged up. Look at Brooklyn. They're not more banged up than Brooklyn. We ain't going to speak on that. because eh. What's man. up with the Knicks? You know what I feel like it is? I feel like, man, sometimes Tom Thibodeau is a little bit too stuck in his ways and he's too stubborn. That's what I feel like it is. Mm. You know, a little too stubborn sometimes. And, is and it, Julius Randle. Is it going to cost y'all an, an opportunity to make the playoffs again? It might. It really might. Because somebody got to get through to Julius Randle and tell him, stop bringing the ball up the court and stop turning the ball over. It's getting ridiculous now. That's your best player. But he does not need to be bringing that ball up the court. Are you sold on R.J. Barrett? Nah, not really. To tell you the truth, I'm not really a big fan of R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I'm not sold on him just yet. I'm not... It's it's tough to say because I'm a Nick fan and I've been a Nick fan for as long as I started comprehending sports. But for some reason, I'm just kind of fifty fifty on him. Gotcha. All right, shooter. Appreciate you tapping in, man. I'm about to sign off, man. I'm gonna start going live every day in the Facebook group, talking just a couple topics and shit. So I definitely appreciate you coming up and chiming up, giving me your opinion and insight on the day. Always, always, man. Alrighty, man. I'm a holler.
All right, man. Peace to everyone. This is Seven Mitchell with the best of seven sports talk about the sign off. Y'all let me know what y'all think about Frank Vogel as well as Joel Embiid. Is Embiid the actual best big man in the league or is it Joker? They had both great nights last night. But y'all let me know who y'all think is the best. Y'all stay safe. We out. All right, man. Peace to my NBA family. It's your host, Seven Mitchell, with the best of seven sports talk. I just wanted to take this time out to say thank you to each and every one of you guys for so much support for the podcast. I hope you guys are really enjoying some of the outside the box angles we take bringing you in these NBA storylines. Please don't forget to like and share. Most importantly, rate the podcast. You can follow us on social media. All the links will be in the description. And if you would like to contribute to the Best of 7 Sports Talk platform, we have merchandise available as well as links for the merch and donations will be all in the description. Once again, thank each and every one of you guys in the NBA community for supporting the show. This is Seven Mitchell with the Best of 7 Sports Talk. Let's talk some NBA action.